0: welcome back to episode two of pre-snap bets i'm your host john silverman joined by my great friend fellow degenerate and co-host max hunter this week we'll be recapping a super wild card weekend round and giving you our bettable opinions on this week's matchup in the divisional round of the nfl playoffs before we get to that i want to thank each and every one of our listeners who called texted or emailed max and i to give us constructive feedback on how to improve the pod We'll begin today's show by recapping last week's games and mentioning a couple of small tweaks to the format based on your suggestions. And let me just say, before we go through game by game, if any of our listeners tailed our bets this past weekend, you should be treating yourself to a fine, fine bottle of wine with a large steak because Max and I went a whopping 8-1-1 one, and one on our bets. We'll be lucky to go half that well this weekend, so fingers crossed, but with that, uh, let's move on to the recap. And Max, why don't you get us going here with the Bengals and Raiders game from last week?
1: Uh, sure, John. So in this game, I had the Bengals minus 5.5. 5. Uh, you had a lean on the Raiders and the total, and you bet the uh, first half under. Uh, the first half under in this game got totally cooked. Uh, the Bengals got away with a incredibly controversial TD call where the refs just kind of ignored the rules Uh, And then to add insult to injury, the Raiders drove down the field for a quick touchdown. Uh, This game was mostly a field goal fest, uh, with both offenses tending to kind of melt down when they got closer to the red zone. Uh, Even though this was the Bengals' first playoff win since January 6, 1991, the biggest win in this game might be that we don't have to worry about Jerome Booger and co. officiating another playoff game. Uh, after we made our picks, we thought there'd be some room for great banter about this game. But the way it played out and the officiating, I just feel extremely lucky and don't have much else to say about it. Uh, so let's go back to you, John.
0: Yeah, Max, I was pretty uh, disappointed in the uh, refereeing there. But, you know, that, that's, that's football, that's betting. Uh, so onward and upward on the Pats-Bills game up next. Uh, I passed on the side entirely, but man, I had a slam dunk on that over 43 and a half. The Bills got there all by themselves with a whopping 47 points. They were the highest scoring team on the slate last week in the highest scoring game of the week. Uh, Max had uh, no opinion on the uh, on the total. Uh, he had a gun to his head lean on the Patriots. Um, but that was all for that one. So we, we went one to know in that game. Uh, so I'll keep it short there. And Max, I'll pass it back to you with uh, the Eagles and Bucks. Um, One thing I'd add quick on the. Bills in the Patriots game is that uh,
1: we're both Jets fans and I think it's important to remember when you're betting that even if you try to put your biases aside, it can be hard. Uh, Bill Belichick's a really good coach and I just think for both of us, that was something that was difficult to get past last game. But uh, Speaking of Bill Belichick, his uh, former quarterback, Tom Brady and the Buccaneers uh, played the Eagles and uh, it was a very good game for us to say the least. Uh, we both leaned the under, which unfortunately pushed due to a successful Eagles two-point conversion. Uh, we also both bet the Bucks, which hit. Um, I was especially bullish on the Bucks, laying 8.5 points to the way they match up against the Eagles. And the game generally played out as expected, with Jalen Hurts failing to do anything of note, at least positively, until the game was effectively over. Uh, on the other side of the ball, Tom Brady and friends just carved up the Eagles' defense, uh, they did have some issues after all-pro right tackle Tristan Wirfs went down with an injury. Um, but the Bucs looked phenomenal outside of that. And uh, John was also very bearish on the Eagles um, and took their team total under 19. So we cashed all our bets on this
0: game. And uh, right back to you. Yeah, I'll take two zero and one any day of the week, uh, Max. And we'll get to Tristan Wirfs and that O-line uh, later in our handicaps for this week. Uh, but the next game on the slate last week was uh, Niners at Cowboys. This was a good one for us. This is one where we took the the plus three. We also took the money line. Those both came through for us with plus 145 on the dog. We read that perfectly. Uh, we had said that the rushing and the coaching advantage for the Niners uh, was going to be a big factor. And that's precisely how the game went. Uh, you know, Dak Prescott performed small on a big stage and, uh, you know, they just got out coached. Mike McCarthy looked like a moron on some of those special teams calls. He made some god awful decisions. There were also just huge lack of discipline on the Cowboy side of the football with pre snap penalties, and it really just plagued them throughout the game. And uh, the Niners ran away with it. Um, so yeah, that was just a great one for us. And uh, hopefully we could we could cash other dogs like that uh, this week as well. Um, so we didn't have any opinion on uh, the total. I think you had a slight lean to the under, which which would have hit and did align with the view on the Niners. Uh, but it was just a slight lean, and uh, we mostly just focused on the sign in that matchup last week. Uh, so with that, um, Max, I'll pass it on to you for this next one where we both hit our best bets of the show, which was pretty awesome. So why don't you detail that one for uh, for the listeners? Uh,
1: yeah, I mean, that Kansas City-Pittsburgh game was uh... – Definitely didn't start the way a lot of people thought it would start, but it sure played out like that after it. Uh, The Chiefs minus seven in the first half was looking bleak for a little while after the scoreless first quarter. And then the Steelers having a defensive touchdown to uh, get on the scoreboard early in the second quarter. However, after that, Patrick Mahomes started to do Patrick Mahomes things. The Chiefs ended the first half with three long touchdown drives with uh, two quick Steeler. Three and outs in between the touchdown drives. And when the second half started, the Chiefs continued to roll. Not only did they cover the 12 and a half point line for my best bet, but they covered uh, Big Ben's personal 20 point line. Um, so I uh, wonder if he had maybe a Chiefs alternate point spread in
0: that game. But uh, yeah, let's uh, wrap it up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Max, total, totally agree with that. Um, And yeah, the last game of the week, the Monday night special that uh, the NFL gave us this year, it was kind of a stinker. Uh, Neither of us uh, bet this matchup, but we both leaned Rams minus four. And man, oh man, I really wish we had bet that. There was absolute domination by the Ram. Kyler Murray looked absolutely confused. We should have followed our own advice here. We had said basically two things: one, uh, the coaching mismatch between Sean McVay and Cliff Kingsbury. Uh, Sean McVay moves from five and one against the spread against Cliff to six and one after Monday's game. And in addition. Uh, Stafford, the quarterback with experience in the playoffs, versus Kyler, who was a rookie to the playoffs. Both those angles played out exactly like we thought they would. Uh, so regret not betting it, but, you know, uh, we'll follow our own advice uh, next time, put our money where our mouths are. Um, so with that, you know, like I said, on our bets, we went 8-1-1. and So that was an awesome Super wild card weekend for Max and I. And uh, now, Max, you want to just highlight some of the uh, small tweaks that we'll do to the format before we uh, move on into this week's breakdown.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, As we've said, this is only our second episode. We're just getting the hang of this whole podcasting thing Um, to try and do things a little bit differently this week. We'd like to have a little bit more back and forth, although we're not exactly sure how that's going to go. And with that said, let's talk about uh,
0: the games for this week. Uh, Let's uh, open it up, John, with Bengals Titans. Yeah, Bengals Titans Saturday afternoon. Uh, line opened, uh, uh, early last week, Titans minus three with a total of 47 now sitting at minus three and a half with a clear and cool forecast for Saturday. Total still hovering around 47. Uh, this is my favorite game of the week for one reason. Max mentioned before they were both huge jets fans. These are the two playoff caliber teams that the jets walloped in the regular season. How, how did Cincinnati and the Titans lose to the jets yet they did. So despite that egg on the face loss for both of those teams, you know, they've performed incredibly well and now they find themselves matching up together in the divisional round. Um, so the Titans, they were only minus three for a couple of hours before immediately better snapped that up and got it up to 3.5. And from my perspective, I think it's for good reason. The Titans metrics may not look stellar on paper, but what should be in the foreground of everyone's minds is that they were missing all of their key weapons. A.J. Brown, Julio Jones, Derek Henry, probably each of them for around 50% of the season. Despite missing those explosive players, the Titans bested the Bills, the Chiefs, the Saints, the Niners, the Rams, and beat their divisional rivals, the Colts, on two separate occasions, who arguably should also have been a playoff team had they not lost to the Jaguars. So they've basically beaten most of the field that's uh, made it to the playoffs. They've performed extremely well against these playoff caliber teams or almost playoff caliber teams, which is an impressive feat. I have several more angles that I want to get into for this game that has me pointing towards the Titans, but Max, why don't you uh, give me a little bit of feedback before I go into a deeper dive?
1: Um, I don't have too much feedback on uh, what you've said so far,
0: so I think you should get in a little bit deeper, and uh, I'll see what I have to say in response to that phrasing. Cool, cool. cool. Sounds good, Max. So there were a few other angles that have me loving the Titans this week. I spoke last week, and we even just mentioned in the recap that There have been some coaching mismatches, such as McCarthy-Shanahan, Kingsbury-McVay. I'm going to bring in that angle here. In the playoffs, I think coaching becomes a much, much bigger factor. Not only is Mike Vrabel a far superior coach, in my opinion, to the Bengals' Zach Taylor, but Mike Vrabel is 8-0 against the spread on more than eight days of rest, and he's 4-0 ATS off the bye. In addition to that coaching mismatch and bye situation, the Bengals lost a key player last week on their D-line in Larry Ogunjobi. Many folks may not know his name. He may not be a Jamar Chaser or Joe Burrow, but this player is key to stopping the run game, which is going to be tough against this Titans O-line, and oh, never mind the return of King Henry. Speaking of Derrick Henry, his return should be a boon for this Titans offense, but for me, it's not in the reasons that, that many may think. Henry's contributions to the Titans offense on the ground is undeniable, but what is more pronounced is his contribution to the passing game. With Henry taking snaps, Ryan Tannehill's passing yards per attempt earlier this season averaged nine yards. With Deonta Foreman in the backfield, Ryan Tannehill's passing yards per attempt averaged five yards. When Henry's in the game, he makes defenses play differently. That opens up other offensive options and capabilities for Tannehill in the air. You know where I'm going with this one. If I'm playing, I'm laying the points. And with the Titans, I'm, I'm going against, I'm taking the experienced quarterback against this inexperienced Cincinnati team. Uh, I think that they're going to bungle when they're not in the jungle away in Nashville this weekend. One last thing before I hand it off to Max. Full disclosure, I was one of those lucky people early in the week who hit this at minus three. Three and a half is, is very different with three being the most key number in the NFL. I'm still comfortable laying the three and a half, but I do want to emphasize a little bit uh, of caution north of the field goal.
1: Uh, I think that is a great read on this game, John. I strongly agree with what you said about Derrick Henry's contributions to the passing game. Uh, the Titans offense, since they really got rolling in 2019, has been about three players. It's been about Ryan Tannehill, it's been about Derrick Henry, and it's been about A.J. Brown. Um, those three players work perfectly together because A.J. Brown is a phenomenal deep threat. Ryan Tannehill is a phenomenal play-action passer. Derrick Henry is obviously one of the best running backs in the NFL. And when you put them all together, it can be an extremely dangerous group of players to have to defend for opposing defenses. And it puts a tremendous amount of constraint on them. Um, I myself, um, I do like the Titans to win this game, although I'm less certain about the line. Uh, since Ryan Tannehill took over as the starter of the Titans. Um, when they are three to three and a half point favorites, they are six and two straight up, but they are two, five, and one against the spread. Um, and at home, they are three and two straight up and one, three, and one against the spread. Uh, conversely, the this year, the uh, Joe Burrow Bengals um, with Zach Taylor also have been uh, three-point underdogs. They are three and one straight up, three and one against the spread. Uh, and as a four point underdog, they also were 1 uh, 0 straight up and 1 0 against the spread. Um, on top of that, I think the one, uh, the Bengals' passing offense could have a pretty good matchup against the Bengals or the Titans' uh, passing defense. The Bengals were third in uh, passing net yards per attempt. The Titans' defense was 21st in passing net yards per attempt against. So one top of the league, one a little below. Um, and also uh, in terms of explosive uh, passing defense um, and offense, the Bengals had the number uh, five explosive passing offense, um, whereas the Titans' passing defense was uh, 21st against explosive plays. Um, I think that could be a little bit of a dangerous place for Tennessee to be in, although that being said, um, the Titans just, you know, they play teams tight, they play teams well, uh, they're very well coached, and so I I have a hard time picking them. Not picking them to win. I'm a little less sure about the points, though. With uh, especially that half point scares me
0: a lot. Yeah, I hear you on all of that, Max. North of the three definitely gives me a little bit of concern as well. But for me, I think I'm going to stick with the rested team, and and Cincinnati definitely had some setbacks. Um, on the injury slate uh, from last week, um, like I uh, like outlined on the defensive line. So uh, it sounds like you're on the money line here. I- I'm comfortable to lay the three and a half. But, uh, yeah, I think we both understand that that, that hook is a little scary. All right. And there's also another thing I would add to Zach Taylor's credit
1: uh... – The guy's gotten not a lot of love. Uh, He might win coach of the year, but that'll probably just be because of the very strong correlation between winning that award and going uh, who overachieves their preseason win total the most. Um, However, the Bengals were the single least penalized team in the NFL in terms of um, penalty yards per game. Uh, And in terms of pre-snap penalties, offensive line penalties in general, they were bottom or close to bottom of the league. I believe the Packers were better. Um, and those are generally things that are indicative of good coaching as well as play in close games. Um, so I'm not sure if Taylor is, is overmatched as we think
0: Th- that being said, I mean, Mike Briebel is just, you know, it's bug, I got to go with my guy. Yeah. I mean, he's very likely to be the uh, coach of the year too. It could be very well be either one of these guys. I think they might actually both be the leading favorites at the moment. Um, so yeah, that, that's a fair point uh, on Taylor. From my perspective, I think that it has more maybe to do with uh, the division generally just really underperforming, with the Ravens being injured, the Browns underperforming, and Baker being injured, and the Steelers being just generally bad. Um, but I, I take your point. They they definitely outperformed at the start of the season. They were twenty five to one to win the division, and they won the division. But I wonder if that's just more you know reflective of of poor preseason pricing as opposed to Taylor's acumen. But yeah, good points on on the on the. Um, uh, penalties discipline is definitely a, a strong indicator of good coaching I totally agree with that
1: um gosh gotta add one more thing I can't yeah. disagree with your take on the AFC North falling apart although it's also worth noting that the uh, Bengals played the Browns and the Ravens week six and nine uh, before they were the zombie Browns and the zombie Ravens um, they had a great win over the uh, Ravens and they had a very bad loss to the Browns. Um, but the Browns and Ravens teams they played those weeks were far, far different from the Browns and Ravens teams they closed out the season against.
0: That's a great point, Max. And, and that's one of the disadvantages of strength of schedule, which is something we talked about last week, is that it's not always good at factoring kind of who you played at that very specific uh, uh, game in time. Um, but anyway, Max, I think we've, we've probably d- done enough on this one. Good, good debate back and forth there. Uh, Maybe we could just keep it rolling with 49ers at Green Bay Packers on Saturday night at Lambeau. This opened Green Bay minus four and a half, total 47 and a half. We're currently sitting at total 47 and oscillating at about five and a half, six. Um, It was six earlier in the week on concerns of Bosa and Jimmy Garoppolo, but they both look likely to play. And now most books have moved back uh, to five and a half. The weather is projected to be super chilly in Lambeau, no surprise in January. Um, And we're looking at single digit weather here. There was a small chance of snow, but it looks like it'll probably just be be very cold. So speaking of the weather, that's actually where I'm going to get started in this game. I'm going to start with the total. So the narrative often surrounding uh, cold weather games is that they go under the total. In fact, the most popular under last week was the Patriots at Bills in Orchard Park, uh, which had the highest amount of public betting on a total where we had single digit temperatures and and obviously small sample size, but that game flew over. As I said last week, it's high winds and not usually temperature precipitation that drives totals down. I'm going to look the same way this week in Lambeau. With the current line at 47, sitting under the key numbers of 48 and 51, I think there's actually good value on the over in this spot. For the last five years, since the 2016 season in the month of January, Green Bay is 11-0 to the over, with five of those games occurring in Lambeau. In addition, in the last five years, Green Bay is 7-1 to the over in the playoffs. Obviously, many of those were were in January as well. Lastly, when accounting for the matchups between these two teams, since 2010, they've gone 6-3-1 to the over, and three, one, and two to the over since 2015. So both on long and short time frames, I think the trends favor going over the total. I will say that, you know, the game play could end up being uh, a bit of an undertrend if the Niners try to kind of control the clock, control the football, run a lot, keep the ball out of, of Rogers' hands. But I still think that there's good value on 47 here and that we could we could definitely get over 48 or 50 in this ballgame. Uh, so I've rambled enough on the total. I'll give my opinion on the side after I let uh, Max give some thoughts on this matchup.
1: Um, So I think the point you made about the 49ers rushing game is definitely um, absolutely massive point that must be made Uh, in terms of the matchups in this game. Both teams passing offenses probably have a slightly favorable uh, matchup against each other. Um, But when you look at their rushing offenses, uh, the 49ers had the, 16th most explosive rushing offense. The Packers had the dead middle of the road in terms of explosive runs. The Packers' rushing defense, though, was 28th in explosive rushing defense, so one of the absolute worst in the league uh, in terms of uh, more conventional stats. The 49ers were 16th in uh, yards per carry. Um, the Packers were thirtieth at opposing yards per carry. So between how bad the Packers were at opposing yards per carry, well, they were um, also not quite as bad, but very bad uh, giving up explosive runs as well. I mean, this is just a team that you can you can run against the Packers. You can get a lot of five and six yard carries that make it easy to keep running, or uh, we'll keep Jimmy Garoppolo out of you know third and longs where he can get a little scary. Um, but, uh, I do agree with your, uh, take on the over, um, to an extent, although I am too worried about the 49ers ability to just turn this into a very low scoring, um, game with long possessions to take a position on it.
0: Yep. So, yeah, I, I hear you on that. Max. That, that is my one concern is just, just kind of the game plan, especially seeing them against the Cowboys last week. They definitely want to control the clock, control the ball. Um, but just given those over trends, I, I'm still leading that way. On the side, um, I'm with the Niners again this week. I'm I'm riding this train. I took them at they were when they were plus six, and I know many shops now are down to five and a half. I like it down to to four, maybe even three and a half. Uh, I'll give a couple angles here, but just first on like a sports betting note. So John Sheeran, who's like the risk manager from FanDuel Sportsbook, he shared on a, another show hosted by Covers earlier this week that the bets uh, on the Packers outnumbered the bets on the Niners by four to five times. Uh, so, and, and that's probably only going to increase as we get closer to kickoff is this is one of America's favorite teams. You know, they were one of the best performing uh, against the spread teams this season. Um, but, you know, the books are going to need the Niners and you always kind of want to align yourself uh, with the books when you can. I think the Niners have the right formula to beat the Packers here. And it doesn't differ too much. Like I said, from how they beat the Cowboys, run the ball down their throats, keep the ball out of Aaron Rodgers' hands and make them uncomfortable, control the clock, and continue to utilize all of their weapons in creative ways, such as Debo Samuel and Kittle. We said this last week. I said, what can't Debo Samuel do? And oh my goodness, Debo Samuel rushed for 72 yards, the most by a wide receiver in a playoff game since the Super Bowl era began in 1966, surpassing the previous mark held by Hall of Famer James Lofton. He also got a rushing touchdown, 38 receiving yards. And when you have Kittle as a dual threat blocking and receiving, it is very tough to defend against this Niners offense. Um, last thing I'll just say, because I want to give a balanced handicap, it would be a valid point to say that Green Bay is getting a lot of defensive weapons back with the return of Smith and Jair Alexander, who are excellent players. But I'm going to ride the hot hand with the Niners who have been covering machines as road dogs I outlined on last week's podcast. Shanahan's now 26, 17 as a dog, 13 and four since 2019. Jimmy Garoppolo's 14 and four. ETS is an underdog, 13 and five outright. And I just think six is too much, too, too many points here. I think the game's a lot closer to a field goal. Maybe I'd be on the Packers if it was a field goal or fewer, but at North of a field goal, I'm taking the dog in this matchup.
1: Uh, so I strongly agree with your take on the line. I did not think this was going to be around a uh, five and a half or six. Um, I figured, like you said, something between a field goal and four points. Um I do think that the Packers, uh, there are some reasons to like them. Um, it's worth noting that Matt LaFleur and Rogers, as five to six point favorites, are seven and one straight up and seven and one against the spread. And at home, they're five and one straight up and five and one against the spread. However, I'm not super worried about that trend in this case, um, not only because of the matchups, but also just. The Packers have gotten kind of lucky uh, in all their games against playoff teams this year. Um, Part of this, to their credit, is because they create their own luck. As I said before, they're one of the least penalized teams in the NFL. Um, Also, Aaron Rodgers is, I believe, the best quarterback ever at not throwing interceptions. Uh, Maybe someone with a significantly lower number of attempts has qualified and passed him now, but he's certainly up there um but yeah against uh, the best teams the packers they you know they played the 49ers won by tail um they were plus 2 in turnovers that game against the steelers who were technically a playoff team uh they won by 10 and they were plus 1 in turnovers think mean, there's too much to take away from that one uh against the bengals they won by 3 in overtime another game where they were plus 1 in turnovers uh against the cardinals they were plus 3 in turnovers and only won by 3 And against the Rams, who are the only playoff team they played remotely recently, um, they were plus two in turnovers and one by eight. And along with being plus two in turnovers, the Rams are turning it over that many times. Uh, The Rams gave the Packers a short field on an early fourth down failed conversion on uh, their own 20 yard line. Um, so I just, I don't know, I'm, I'm very confused by the line in this game. I do think there are some reasons that the Packers are very enticing, but I, I've got to go with the 49ers here.
0: Yeah. And I want to keep it moving to respect our listeners time, but Max, I just want to highlight two things you said that, that the turnover kind of luck, uh, that the Packers had has been pretty extraordinary. And I, I meant to factor into my handicap. You're right. That Niners game earlier this year, Jimmy Garoppolo actually had a great closing drive to put the Niners ahead. Uh, I want to say by one point, but then Aaron Rodgers did Aaron Rodgers things and got uh, a, a field goal with like 40 seconds left in the game or something. He had, he had like a minute left and he did an amazing drive to get his team to win by two. And, you know, I could see this game going a similar way. And, and in that case, six points is just far too many. So that, that was a great highlight by you. Thank you for that. Um, so with that, why don't we keep it rolling, move on to the Sunday part of the slate in this divisional NFL weekends. We have the L.A. Rams. Visiting the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, this line opened Tampa Bay minus three with a total of 48. It's now sitting mostly at 48.5, and uh, money's coming on the Rams. It's either at three at minus 120 or two and a half, um, uh, sorry, two and a half uh, plus 100 or three minus 120, depending on where you shop. In other words, uh, you know you've seen money come in on the Rams. Uh, the forecast appears to be nice, mid 50s, 60s at Raymond James Stadium. Um, I don't have a ton to say on this one, so I'll just do my, my whole recap here. Uh, handicap here, excuse me. Both of these teams uh, lit up their opponents in the last round of the playoffs, but I think the Rams win um, mattered more. Not, not that either one impressed me more than the other, but I think it mattered more to the team. As Stafford got his first ever win in the playoffs, now that he's gotten off the schneid, I feel more comfortable supporting him this week, whereas last week Max and I only leaned with the Rams, and I think part of that was because we weren't sure if we could trust Stafford. I think I have a little more confidence now that I can. Uh, in addition – the Rams did best the Bucks week three in impressive fashion in a no sweat winner. Uh, despite that early season victory from the Rams, however, the narrative, the, the prevailing narrative that I keep hearing is you can't bet against Tom Brady. You can't bet against Tom Brady. And it's true. Tom Brady is an unbelievable 35 and 11 straight up in his playoff career, but as a favorite, He's only 17, 17 and one against the number, a perfect 50% split. So you can bet against him in certain spots, despite the mystique surrounding this 44-year-old legend. I think Stafford can dissect this Porus Bucks secondary and can keep the Bucks offense aerial attack at bay. I think Ramsey is going to do a great job covering Evans, which will limit the ability of other offensive weapons to get open. In last week's Bucks game, we saw players such as Giovanni Bernard and Cameron Brait dice up porous Eagles defense. And no offense to those players, but I'm not so sure we're going to see that kind of performance from the Bucks' offense or from those two again. In addition, there are key injuries that we discussed at the top around Tristan Wirfs and Jensen on the O-line, which could prove damning against this unbelievable front seven on Los Angeles. I think that uh, Von Miller and Aaron Donald are going to absolutely feast, in particular, if Wirfs can't play or, or is uh, debilitated. That's going to be a real problem, uh, and the Eagles weren't able to take advantage in a similar way. Um, But I think that this Rams team can get it done. So I won't go any longer on this one, but I'm going to take the dog uh, on the road with the field goal. And of course I'll toss a bit on the money line. Max, how are you thinking about this matchup? Um, I am on the exact same page as you, John, just to expand on that uh,
1: betting against Tom Brady point. um, While Tom Brady is, I believe, the single best quarterback ever against the spread um, that might depend on how many games played. But um, as a one and a half to three point favorite on the Buccaneers, he's one and two straight up and one and two against the spread. And then going back to two thousand eleven uh, on the Patriots from twenty eleven to twenty nineteen, um, as a favorite of three points or less in the regular season, Brady was six and ten straight up and against the spread. And the playoffs, uh, not counting the Super Bowl, zero and one straight up and against the spread. He was two and one straight up and against the spread, and the Super Bowl was a. Small favorite, but generally speaking, so I mean, between the Patriots and the Buccaneers, he is nine and fourteen against the spread um, as a favorite of one and a half to three points uh, since two thousand and eleven. Um, as an exact three point favorite on the Patriots, which this line isn't anymore, so it's not quite as relevant. He was three and eight straight up uh, and against the spread. Conversely, uh, Sean McVay has been absolutely phenomenal as an underdog um, with Matt Stafford. They've only been underdogs twice this year, but they've won and covered both those games, including a game against the books. Um, and with Jared Goff, when they were dogs of three or less, they were three and four straight up at four and three against the spread. Another thing worth pointing out here is that um, McVeigh, so McVay, regardless of his quarterback, six and five straight up seven and four against the spread is a three point dog or less seven of these 11 games have gone over. Um, when Brady is a one-and-a-half to three-point favor on the box, two out of three games have gone over. When uh, McVay has been a dog, um, uh, the last uh, he's been an underdog 17 times ever. 13 of 17 have gone over, and 10 of the last 11 have gone over. Um, and... I mean, yeah, those are those are some overwhelming numbers that just suggest uh, that the Rams are the right side to be on and the over is the right side to be on, uh, in my view.
0: Yeah, Max, that was stellar analysis on on looking at the short numbers as opposed to just um, kind of the overall body of work itself. I actually might have to tell you now on that over, you, you convinced me right there. We hadn't uh, caught up uh, specifically on the background of our picks prior to the show, and and I think you might have just sold me there. I, I really like that... Uh, you know, short favor, short dog uh, angle to the over and uh, also encouraging for me to hear that, uh, you know, Brady's a short fave. Hasn't really gotten it, gotten it done. Um, so that's great to hear. I, I don't have anything else to add on this one, but I think you've convinced me on the over and it sounds like we're both on the same page uh, back in the Rams. Anything else you want to say on this one? Uh, yeah. I think there's a, one more thing pointing out, which is just the stylistic matchup
1: between the two teams. Uh, I think uh, both passing offenses have slightly favorable matchups. Um, the, the, Buccaneers rushing offense has an especially bad matchup. The Rams uh, rushing offense also does not have an especially good matchup uh, save for explosive play potential, especially with uh, Cam Akers uh, having made his return recently. Um, I do also think it's worth pointing out the Rams have the fourth least penalty yards per game of any team in the NFL. Uh, the Buccaneers have the 13th most. And that Buccaneers number is especially scary because the Bucs are pretty good in terms of offensive line penalties, pre-snap stuff. But uh, in terms of defensive penalties, they're one of the absolute worst teams in the NFL. They have the uh, second most defensive pass interferences. Um, and they also have committed quite a few unnecessary roughness penalties, roughing the passer after the stop, after the uh, whistle kind of stuff that can give a ton of yards to the other team. Um but, yeah, I mean, I think we've gone pretty into deep into this game.
0: Yeah, actually, I'm going to add one other, you just made me think of something. I'm going to add one more X note to this before we move on. Uh, so, Kyler Murray didn't have a chance to take advantage of it last week. But Eric Weddle, who hasn't played in the NFL for two years and is 37 years old, is a starting free safety for the Rams. I, I can see Tom Brady maybe taking advantage of that a few times this game, which is another uh, angle for the over.
1: That is very true. Although, I think going the other way, something worth pointing out is that um, – the Bucks are down to Mike Evans and Rob Gronkowski. They lost Chris Godwin to a torn ACL. They lost Antonio Brown to Antonio Brown. <laughs> um, and so if uh, Jalen Ramsey can have a good game against Mike Evans, um, the Bucks could be in some serious trouble because they're going to be relying on their, you know, four-fifth, sixth-string receivers to really make plays in this game. Yeah. And then Rob Gronkowski, depending on uh, Tristan Worth's health, Gronk's one of the best blocking tight ends. I mean, you know, he's not just a great receiver. He's a six offensive lineman. And so he might see a lot of uh, time blocking in this game, which would effectively take Breeze two best
0: weapons away from him. And that could not be uh, the best. Max, you had me on the over now. You're talking me off of it. I'm going to stick with the over here with you. Oh, um, I t- dude, Tom
1: Brady <laughs> with a bunch of scrubs at wide receiver. I mean, you don't think he's going to put up no points, right? Like, <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. All right, cool. So we're both on the Rams here and, and we're leaning towards the over as well. Um, Keeping it moving to the last game on the Sunday slate. And I got to say, this is probably, quote unquote, America's game of the week. We have the Buffalo Bills visiting Kansas City in Arrowhead. This open Chiefs minus two and a half, total 53 and a half. Bills have been bet down. They're at two or one and a half at most books. So shop around, whichever side you like. The over was hit originally and went as high as 54 and a half or 55 at a bunch of books, but it is now at 54 or 53 and a half. So there are some brave betters out there who are taking an under in this matchup following the explosiveness that both of these teams had put on display last weekend in the wildcard round. Uh forecast for this one is cold but clear for Sunday night's game. Um I'll start out here with the side. I have an opinion on the total, too, but I'll, I'll start with the side first. Uh, so with respect to the side, it's it's so hard to go against Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs. Uh, I'm sure Max is going to say the same thing here. His only losses in the playoffs are against Tom Brady uh, once earlier in his career and then last year in the Super Bowl. Uh, Josh Allen, on the other hand, has been dealt a few losses in his young career, including one last year against the Chiefs. Uh, this is a rematch from an earlier game this year in Arrowhead where the Bills really beat up on the Chiefs pretty badly. Uh, they even angered the Greek gods so much that there was a huge thunder and lightning storm which spent, suspended the game for over an hour. Uh, the Bills won that one by 18-38-20, to 20, but the real story of that game was four turnovers uh, uh, for the Chiefs that favored the Bills. Uh, since earlier the season, the Chiefs have started firing on all cylinders. They've improved on defense. Mahomes has cut out the bad decisions that led to interceptions in the first several weeks of the season. Um, but despite the improvements the Chiefs have made, I am bravely backing this Bills team, and there's really just one reason defense bills are number one this year in net yards per play and yards per game allowed chiefs are 12th in net yards per play and i can't believe i'm saying this but they are 28th in yards allowed per game and i know a lot of those happened earlier in the year but still i just can't look past being 28th in yards allowed per game the only teams worse than the chiefs in yards allowed per game are the lions the jets the texans and the ravens that is not company that you want to be associated with in my opinion i know the chiefs defense got a lot better uh, but they, they just aren't who they have been in the past couple of years. And this Bills team is firing on all cylinders. Uh, I simply cannot look past the mismatch on the defensive side of the football. I'm going to take the Bills plus the two, sprinkle it on the money line at plus 120. And, and definitely uh, want to reiterate again, shop around, because I've seen numbers as low as 105 or 110 and numbers as high as 120. That, that's a really big difference. Uh, so if you are going to back the Bills, uh, definitely shop around for either the plus two or the 120. And, and if equally, if you're on the Chiefs on the other side, shop around for the cheapest money line or the cheapest uh, spread as well. Um, So before I I continue and go on to my thoughts on the total, Max, why don't you uh, let me know how you're feeling about this matchup on Sunday night? Um, I'm pretty much – I'm not in the exact
1: same place as you are, but I'm in a damn close place. Um, I do think I like the Chiefs minus one and a half. I'm going to bet them. Um, But there are are phenomenal reasons to pick both teams as a dog of – 0.5 uh, zero point five to two point five since his breakout season in thousand nineteen. Josh Allen is three and zero straight up and against the spread. Conversely, Patrick Mahomes, a favorite of one and a half to two and a half, is four and one in the regular season straight up and against the spread. One and zero in the playoffs straight up and against the spread. Um. Also, every single one of those Bills games went over and I have the number of Chiefs games that went over. So, oh gosh, I lost it. Um, no, but, worries, uh, no worries, no yeah, worries. Take your word game, for it. I believe all, uh, but uh, two went over. Um, So that is it's a lot of overs and they all had very high total games in the first place. I think in terms of matchups, um, I don't think the Bills passing offense matches up with the uh, Chiefs passing defense as well as we would think it does. Buffalo was 15th in passing net yards for attempts. Kansas City's passing defense was ninth in uh, net yards for attempt against. Uh, that's ninth best. Um, in terms of explosive plays, uh, Buffalo is 17th in explosive passing plays generated, um, whereas Kansas City's defense was the 12th best at uh, preventing explosive plays. So I, I do think that matchup cuts nicely in the uh, Chiefs' favor. Um However, the Chiefs can obviously be run on. They have been better recently, but better from terrible is not very good. And the Bills' rushing offense has stepped a lot up a lot. So uh, there's yeah, there's just a lot here for for both sides. Um, I, I do think the single biggest thing I, I just can't go against Mahomes in the playoffs um, with his seven and two straight up record, his six and three against spread record. Um, both straight-up losses to Brady, and his only win where he didn't cover was that Browns game we talked about a little last week where uh, Mahomes got hurt late. They needed a field goal to cover um, instead of driving down for a field goal that would have put them comfortably ahead. Chad Henney promptly threw an interception and almost cost them the game uh, because Chad Henney loses teams from Ohio. Um, I also think uh, there's a very worthwhile... Note uh, injury in this game. Uh, Bill's all pro cornerback, Shadadius White, was uh, in the first time these two teams played. He was targeted eight times on 14 routes against Travis Kelsey or Tyreek Hill. Um, and he was targeted zero times on 23 routes against all the receivers versus Travis Kelsey. Uh, he was on, on seven routes. Kelsey was targeted three times for 32 receptions versus Tyreek Hill. He was on for seven routes also. Uh, and Hill was targeted five times uh, with four receptions for 38 yards. Uh, so, White will not be playing in this game. However, the Bills have a very good secondary besides him. They have two phenomenal safeties, in Micah Hyde and Jordan Poirier. Um, and the key to beating the Chiefs all year has been using a uh, cover two or two man underlooks where you play two safeties up top and Uh, make the offense, you know, take what's in front of them and drive down the field instead of getting the shot plays. Uh, Both Hyde and Poyer had five interceptions this year. Hyde picked up his sixth with an absolutely insane interception against Matt Jones in the playoffs. Um, And so, I mean, yet again, I I think there's a lot of reasons to take both sides, Um, but I've got to go with the Chiefs. I'm just – I cannot go against Mahomes until I have a reason to go against Mahomes.
0: Yeah, Max, by the way, I thought that was an awesome, awesome breakdown I, with everything you said on cover two and Trey White being out as an excellent breakdown uh, of how to beat this this Chiefs offense and, and uh, how the Bills defense has, has matched up. Um, I think, like you said, they've still been great despite losing uh, Trey White, but that's definitely a loss, especially against a prolific offense like the Kansas City Chiefs. I'm going to turn my attention now to the total, and I cannot believe that I'm saying this, but I'm looking towards the under in this matchup early in the week. Uh, I'll admit, I I bet uh, 53 and a half, Um, but after reading and thinking about this more, I actually reversed my bet, uh, you know, doubled up, so I'll pay some big uh, on the under when it hit 54 and a half. And everyone and their mother just saw the Bills and Kansas City light up the scoreboard, shooting north of 40 points in each of their respective previous games. In fact, there has never been a matchup in the NFL playoffs where the prior playoff game for both teams, uh, where they both scored north of 40 points. Never is a long time, even in this league's brief history. However, we do have 15 instances of two teams going head-to-head where in the previous game they each scored more than 35 points. In those 15 instances, two overs, 13 unders. That's an 87% angle on the under. I know this time is different and these are prolific offenses, but all of that's baked into the line. And when you think about it plainly, I said this earlier uh, regarding uh, the Niners about John Sheeran and FanDuel. What's Vegas going to need here? The books are going to need a tight defensive matchup that stays south of the total. Lastly, on an anecdotal note, every single podcast I've listened to or person I've talked to, sharp or public, not one has favored the under. The narrative all week has been it's going to fly over. But suspiciously, despite the money and the bets coming in on the over, it has hit strong resistance at that 55 level and is now back down to where it opened at 53.5. In the past 20 years, the number 55 has hit 3.22 percent of the time, 51 is at 3.7 percent of the time, and 50 is at 3.3 percent of the time. So those numbers have all hit about 10 percent of the time altogether in the last 20 years. I wouldn't be surprised if we got one of those key numbers just south of 55 in this matchup. Uh, if we saw 51 or a uh, 50 or 48, that that would not surprise me at all. I can't believe I'm saying this after how explosive these teams were, but I'm going under the total in Bill's Chiefs on Sunday.
1: Um, I Honestly, so while I am sticking with the over, I will say that is my lowest uh, confidence pick out of all my picks. Um, I do think one easy way to see this game going under is it might be one of those weird games where you've got, you know, Two prolific passing offenses, and they run the ball all game, um, which would definitely lean towards an under. Um, it is also possible that uh, you know maybe one team shows up. Uh, you know, either the Bills just come out and say, "Hey, we're the new kings of the AFC," or the Chiefs are let like, come out and are, you know we're still the kings of the AFC um and they just shut out the other team while having a decent offensive performance so i I do think there are a couple ways to see this going under Uh, i'm still going to go with the over but i'm i'm not extremely confident in it and i do think they're just like the line i think there are great uh positions to be made for or there are great reasons to take both sides um and it's a it's a tough game to pick it's a fascinating matchup um it's very hard to see uh, the winner of this game uh, failing to advance to the Super Bowl. Um, oh, yeah. Actually, great the-
0: Max, let me just tell you this on, on that note. There's already look, FanDuel did this awesome thing. There's look ahead lines available for next week. Obviously, you don't know who the winner is. Uh, but what's interesting is, you know, Tennessee got the bye. So they'll have home field advantage as well. But they are big underdogs to whomever wins this matchup. Buffalo Bills minus three and a half, Kansas City minus four on the look ahead. Uh, regardless of, of you know what 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 happens that's where it's at today so that's what odds makers are, are saying and uh, it's just really interesting that you're going to have a situation with a road favorite in the AFC championship round it doesn't usually happen
1: yeah I mean, the titans you know they had a great season uh, they had some very good wins they had some very weird losses I believe they have the second lowest or lowest point differential of any uh, team to get by uh, this decade that does come with the qualifier. There are only you know, one team got to buy this year in each conference. Um but uh only the however the one team that did have a similarly low point differential was the 2015 Denver Broncos and they did win the Super Bowl. Um
0: but yeah I think uh that's a battle I've got on that game. Love that angle. All right well with that I think that does it for our sides and totals and we're coming up against it here on the time. So why don't we move to our kind of uh, special uh, bets part of the show where we'll talk about some teasers and props and then we'll give you our recap and let our listeners get on the way um, so why don't I kick it off here teasers I'm going to keep it pretty vanilla um, so you know bills are, are between uh, uh, one and a half and, and two and Rams are about two and a half and three I want to get those both up and over the the three and the seven is that's a Stanford Wong teaser won't go too long on what that is but effectively you want to go through those key numbers of three and seven for favorites you want to go down uh, and we talked about that last week at the Bucks and Eagles. And for dogs, you want to go up through those numbers. So I'm going to keep it vanilla here with my teaser. I'm going Bills uh, 8, Rams 9. Um, so for me, I'm going to take a couple of uh, prop bets.
1: Um, one that I am especially fond of is Joe Mixon under 60.5 rushing yards. Um, since the Chiefs week 13 lost to the Chargers, Mixon has had one game where he was over and a half rushing yards, which was uh, – 42 to 21 trouncing of the zombie Ravens. Uh, the Titans have the second lowest opposing carries our uh, yards per carries allowed. They also have the I'm sorry, they have the second lowest opposing carries by running backs, the second lowest opposing guards, um, rushing yards, the fourth lowest opposing guards per carry and the second best defense at stopping explosive run plays. Um, all of those things, I think point to not a very good game for Joe Mixon, at least in the running game, maybe he gets a little bit done as a receiver, but that's not what the prop here is. Uh, a second prop that I'm absolutely in love with is Matt Stafford over two and a half rushing yards. Uh, the Bucks have allowed, uh, the second most court, maybe the second most quarterback rushing attempts against them. They have the fourth most quarterback rushing yards against them, and they've the highest blitz rate of any team in the NFL. Uh, blitzing can be quite conducive to quarterback scrambling because you know quarterback steps in the pocket, gets some good blocks off, and they're just five, six, seven yards free for him to take. Uh, I think this is a, just kind of a fun, stupid little prop because uh, you know you bet on a slow Matt Stafford's actually not that slow. He's a pretty solid scrambler too, to his credit um but you're you know you're betting on a guy who you don't think of as being a runner just running effectively one time uh two and a half this one did take a little while to open uh the number is usually one and a half for quarterbacks who aren't uh, particularly great scramblers um and i would assume it's two and a half here just because books know how prolific our uh, quarterbacks are running against the bucks um but you know you're not going to get it on quarterback sneaks. That's basically all two and a half does. Um, and a third prop that I like is George Kittle over 48 and a half receiving yards. Uh, TJ Hawkinson, Kittle himself, Travis Kelsey, and Mark Andrews all went over this number. Uh, Zach Ertz was just under at 48. Uh, Kittle, Andrews, Kelsey, and Ertz were the only two uh, tight ends that the Packers faced were in the top 10 in tight end receiving yards. Hawkinson wasn't over that number. He obviously got hurt, but uh, he looks like he's going to be a very good receiving tight end. Um, And then Kittle, Kelsey, and Andrews, they went for 92, 68, and 136 yards, respectively. Those are the big three tight ends in the NFL right now. Um, They were all their team's leading pass catchers versus the Packers. So uh, uh, I'm a little worried that with Darius Smith back, uh, back, he might have to block a little too much. But uh, between his explosive play potential um, and his general talents as a receiver, i got to like George Kittle over 48 and a half receiving yards in this game.
0: Nice, Max. I'll just really quickly react to those and then and then give out my props. I uh, I love the Joe Mixon under. Uh, I didn't even have your background before the show. just had uh, the number that you gave me and what your prop was, and I instantly thought that that, that was a great call uh don't have an opinion on the Stafford one although it's fun to bet those those short QB props uh and on the Kittle one uh it is a low number but I think it might be low for a reason what worries me a little bit is just the game script that we talked about with potentially a lot of rushing and having Kittle blocking a lot but but it is a low number and I do think he can get over it but I'm a little more cautious on that one um, so the props I like for this week I'm gonna I previewed this in the Titans game I'm gonna uh look to the aerial attack here for the Titans with Derek Henry Uh, opening up that passing game, like I described in the handicap. I like Ryan Tannehill over 237 uh, yards. In addition, I like Julio Jones over the 45. This was actually bet up earlier in the week. This was uh, in the high 30s, and it's been bet up to 45. I still like it at at this value at 45, 45 and a half, where it's sitting at most books. Um, I I just think that Derrick Henry is going to really open up the passing options for this Titans offense. Uh, as always with props, Max and I want to remind you to shop around. Books can have pretty meaningful variance between either the lines or the juice that they're providing, uh, where you can pick up, you know, 10, 15, 20 cents of value, depending on uh, what, what book you go to. So if you want to tell us on those props, just make sure you shop around the various books available. Um, Max, did you want to give any reactions to those props before I move to the summary? Uh, I'm less sure on the Tannehill passing yards prop. Um, I think that's
1: just—it's a great number. Um, yeah, I think it'll be right around there, but you know, who knows? But that is the nature of these uh, bets. I love the Julio Jones prop um, because uh, one of my favorite things about prop bets is it's just a—it's a way to root for your favorite players. Um, they are not the best investment in the world if you're concerned about you know winning and losing money. Um, But if you are concerned with uh, just feeling really smart and uh, getting that, you know, sense of self-satisfaction that you get for beating the books, uh, you cannot be player prop bets. And um, I mean, you know, Julio Jones didn't do very much at all for the Titans this year, but he is back and uh, he is a very dangerous player when uh, he is healthy.
0: Yeah. I have a feeling a lot of people are going to be looking at Henry uh, Jamar Chase and other players like that, but I just think this one's flying a little bit under the radar, which is why I like the value um, so with that, why don't we get our listeners along their way? We'll give a quick summary of the bets that we took. I uh, won't recap all, all the props because you just heard those. But Bengals at Titans, I'm on the Titans minus three and a half, although full disclosure, I betted at three. Uh, Max prefers to lay uh, the 180 on the Titans. Um, don't think we had a, an opinion on the over or the under. Uh, 49ers at Packers uh, were both on the Niners plus six. I was on the over 47 uh, Rams at Bucks. We're both on Rams plus three. I was also on the money line. Max is on Rams plus three and over 40. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Rams money line quite a bit as well. Uh, Rams money line. Okay. So, yep. Cool, cool, Max. So, we're aligned on Rams plus three and the money line. Max also uh, has a total on that one over 48 and a half. Uh, And actually, you convinced me on that one. So, I'm with you on that as well. So, excuse me, we're fully aligned on that one. And then Bills at Chiefs, this is where we diverged a little bit. Uh, I'm on the Bills plus two and the money line. Max is on the Chiefs minus one and a half. And I think it's fair to give us that differentiation because, again, I've said it a few times uh, today, shop around because both those lines are totally uh, available. Uh, And then I was on the under, shoot me, because that's probably going to fly over and I'm going to feel like an idiot. Uh, Max is on the over in that one. Uh, Max, anything else you want to add before we peace out? Uh, I'm equally excited to feel like an idiot when both teams run the ball a million times.
1: Um, And it's, you know, 24 to 21 or something dumb like that. I'm not really dumb. It's a
0: super regular score, but for, for this game, that's a very unspectacular score. Yeah. And then um, just the last thing before we piece, I, I should have mentioned my best bet highest confidence is Niners plus six. Oh, and my best bet highest confidence is, and I cannot believe I'm
1: saying this Rams
0: plus three. Love it. All right. Well, thank you, Max, uh, for your breakdowns today. Thank you to our loyal listeners. Please, please, please follow, rate, subscribe, and like our podcast. Really appreciate any and all feedback that you have for Max and I. Until next week on Pre-Snap Bets, Max and I wish you a profitable NFL Divisional round weekend. Peace. Peace.